Good morning, everybody. Nice to see you. Um, we are reading in the Bible today about a great party. So I need your interaction for a minute, okay? If it was your birthday party coming up, and I gave you five people that you could have there, who would you have? If you would, hold those, hold those five precious people in your head. We'll come back to them later. And Sarah is going to lead our Bible readings, which are there printed on your sheets. The Gospel reading is from Luke chapter 14. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it, please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out, please excuse me. Still another said, I've just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Thank you. If you keep it open, I'll refer to that, that gospel passage. Uh, Sarah and I and the family, we just got back from holiday, uh, so I feel very blessed. And thank you to the two people who said I look tanned. I, I've never had that before in my life, so uh, I'm very, very grateful to you two. Um, I was very blessed because um, for a week of our holiday, some friends just said, come to our holiday cottage with us and have a holiday. And we said, what, really? Uh, and they said, yeah, 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 we've got this holiday cottage in the wider family. You know, come and spend time with us. We want you to be there. Wow, thank you, thank you very much. That sounds amazing. So we went to Suffolk, had a lovely time. Um, they said there is, a, there is a small hitch, which is that there are only three bedrooms in the cottage and there were 12 of us in the sort of holiday party. So three bedrooms, 12 people. It's just it's not quite enough. But they said, don't worry, we'll pitch a tent in the garden and we'll sleep in a tent if we need to so that you can have the bedrooms and you can come on holiday with us. Who are you? <laughs> this, is amazing. this is above and beyond normal generosity. So um, lo and behold, we worked it out. We had a lovely time and we're very, very blessed by their amazing hospitality. It was like they were determined that that holiday cottage was going to be full. They had access to it. They wanted to fill it to the brim with people and uh, generosity was not going to stand in their way. And I love this phrase at the end of this reading in Luke's Gospel today, my house will be full. And this is God speaking. So you might say, well, bully for you, Pete, having a nice holiday. You know, I haven't had a holiday. But listen, God is inviting you to his table, to his party. And he says, my house will be full. I'm going to be prodigious with my invitations. I'm so generous. 
Isn't that amazing? So each one of us is invited to this great party with God. So it's on that thought, that amazing thought that I've, I've been enjoying and I want to um, dwell with you for just a moment in our, our all-age service. If this story sounds a little bit familiar to one you've heard recently, that is because at the end of June, we did actually hear Matthew's version of this story read out in church. And Adam Boyce preached it if you were here. Um, if you weren't here, that's because half of you were at Revive and so you wouldn't have heard that sermon. If you were here, I'm going to do this one anyway because this is where we're up to in Luke. And it's just slightly different in Luke. The details are pretty different. So I'm going to trust that actually um, Jesus said this on a slightly different occasion and therefore we're going to go for the version he told that got recorded in Luke, just to explain. I'm going to tell the story and then I'll draw out what it means for us today and then we'll have communion. Okay? Sound all right to you? So firstly, what's the story? Well, it begins in verse 16, if you have it there. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. After church today, we're going to have a barbecue and we're going to get the long tables out and it's going to be good. Uh, you're welcome to stay. We're, we expect to feed about 30, 35 people, something like that. Do you think, if it says a great banquet with many guests, do you think this man in the story was feeding more than 30 people? Yeah, I think, I think so, right? Comfortably. Shall we say 100 just, just to get it in the great banquet territory? I mean, it could be 200, couldn't it? If it's a great banquet, many guests, it could be. And do the maths with me. Um, 20 pounds a head, maybe, if there's food and wine and several courses. 20 pounds a head times 100. I think that is 2,000 pounds. Have I got that right? So just straight off the bat, he's spending 2,000 pounds easily. And that's, that's just the beginning of the food and the guests. So good banquet, great party. And then, of course, there's a the complication because um, these days, if you were having a party, somebody tell me, how might you invite your friends? What would you do to invite them to your party? So, WhatsApp, yeah, yeah. So come to my party. I'm having a party on such and such a day. Any other means? I heard something. What was it? Email, right, you might send them an email. Or if you're feeling quite old school and formal, you might do what? Post, not a proper invitation in a post. Exactly, yeah. You, right, this is ancient times, 2,000 years ago. Can't do any of that because they didn't even have post. So what you had to do is what the man's done in the story. And throw in a banquet, I'm going to send a servant to invite all my friends. Now, I have a servant volunteer here. Thank you, Hugo, for being willing. Hugo, I am throwing a great big party and I'm going to need your help. It's nearly time. So could you tell me, please, has the disco ball arrived? Yes. Excellent. Okay. And uh, the swimming pool, is that full and ready? Yeah. Great. Okay. And the Nerf gun arena, is that ready to go? Yes, sir. Fantastic. <laughs> Any sign of Beyonce yet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Good, good. good. And uh, Heston Blumenthal, because he's doing the food. Is he all, he's ready yes. cooking? Okay, this is sounding good. Um, I think then there's just a few final preparations. Can you help me, Hugo? We've just got to um, lay a few final places and blow up some balloons, because this is going to be a great party. 
months of planning, and then we're nearly ready to go. Okay. Uh, have you got the balloons? Great. Let's give this a go. That is going to have to do. Well done. And luckily, here's some I made earlier. Way. <laughs> so. Well done. Right, Hugo. We're as ready as we're ever going to be. Please, could you go and tell all my guests the party is ready and it's time to come. Can you do that for me? Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you very much. This, this is what you had to do in the ancient times because people didn't have a clock or a watch so you had to send a servant and say, right, it's time, come, come to my party. So off he goes, this is going to be good. I've been looking forward to this for ages. So I'm just wondering what the, the best bit of the night's going to be. The music, hopefully the food is what people remember. The company is going to be really good. And here he comes now, here he comes. Now, what's the matter? Why are you hanging your head? What's the matter? They didn't come. <laughs> But, they, but, it's, but it's time. You were supposed to tell them to come. You tell me they didn't come? No. And what's that? Letters. Letters. I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. I don't understand. I mean, this is my friend. and If he's just bought a field... That's not the time to go and see it. You go and see something before you buy it to see if you want to buy it. You don't go and see it after you bought it. That's, that doesn't make any sense. Please excuse me. What's that? I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. I don't understand that one either. I mean, if she's bought five pairs of oxen, she's already owning them. And, and anyway, my party's happening at night. So how, how much oxen is she going to see in the pitch dark? I mean... That doesn't make sense to me either. What's this one? I've just got married, so I can't come. Why does it make sense to me? I mean, surely he knew about his wedding and he knew about my party as well, so he could have reconciled them. And anyway, I would have been happy to have his wife as a plus one. I mean, this is really sad for me. Do you think these are good excuses or lame excuses? They're lame excuses. I'm sad. In fact, I'm a bit angry because I organised this party and they said they were going to come. And now they're not coming. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We've got, I mean, we've got all this ready. What, what I need you to do, Hugo, I want you to go down to Green Lanes, through the Harringay Passage, go to Turnpike Lane if you need to. I want you to invite the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. And I want you to say, my master is having a party and he wants you to come. Can you do that for me? Yeah. And bring them back here with me. Thank you very much. Well, this is, this is not what I expected. All my friends have said no, and they've deserted me. But my house will be full, and we're going to have a party, and we're going to celebrate. Hugo, welcome back. How did it go? Sir, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room for more. Still room for more? Okay, Hugo. Take my car. <laughs> go to the North Circular. Go to the M25 if you have to. I want you to invite anybody you see. You tell them, my master is having a party. It's going to be great. It's going to be full and you are welcome. Can you go and do that for me? Yes. Thank sir. you very much. Try and bring my car back in one piece. Aww.
see, that's what happens at the end of the story. My house will be full, so go. Go and invite, liberally. Just, just go and do it. But I tell you what, it looks like not one of those friends who I invited in the first place is going to taste my party food. Because they all end up saying no. That's the story. Good story, isn't it? I mean, Jesus just made this story up to show us something. What did he want to show us? Well, let's just think about that before we finish. What does it mean for us today in London? Well, I think there's three things here. Do you remember, um, I got you to think of five names. Yeah? Can you recall your five people? How would it feel to you if all five of your people didn't show up to your party? That's hard, isn't it? Because they're the five people that you really wanted there. I mean, I made a list of the five people I thought I'd have at my party. And if they all say no, that's really heartbreaking for me. I think it'd probably be the same for you, wouldn't it? But God says, my house will be full. and I'm determined to invite people. So there are three things here. Something about God, something about you, and something about others. First thing it means is about God. And he, somebody tell me, is he generous or stingy in this story? He's so generous, isn't he? Not stingy. He says, I'm going to throw a party. I want you to be there. So the thing about God is that he is so generous. He has a massive banquet. This is a picture of um, the afterlife and, and uh, the new creation. He says, I want this great party and I'm going to be generous about it. He invites people twice and when they don't show up, he invites anyone and everyone. And God is amazingly like that. You know, he, he wants people to be glad with him forever. And Jesus, of course, is God the Son who comes from heaven. So he knows what God the Father is like. He, he is the best qualified to say, let me tell you what the heart of God is like. And I love that phrase, my house will be full, because God is going to make sure there are no vacant seats in glory. How God is going to do that, I think, is going to be a wonderful surprise. Because I think you and I, we're going to be sitting around in glory, if we're Christians, and um, we are going to get some amazing surprises. You ever think about that? You're going to look across the table and you're going to think, wow, did not expect to see you here. And they're going to look at you and they're going to think the same thing. Now, I'm speculating here, but speculate with me for a minute. How is God going to do that? How, who are the people in the story who God is just saying, hmm, they're going to be the unexpected ones? I've got a few theories. Let me just fly, fly a few kites with you. This is not in the passage, but I'm trying to work my way through it. I think God could do it through a nation just coming to God in their millions. I read an amazing story on holiday called As Many as the Stars by Robert Glover. And he talks about his work in China and the, the millions of people that become Christians in China in this century. And it takes my breath away. As, as many as the stars. If you, want to, if you want an encouraging read, As Many as the Stars by Robert Glover. And through countries like that coming to Christ, I could imagine God filling up his house. I think it could be through little ones. Maybe through the unborn babies or those who have been miscarried or aborted. I don't know, I don't know, but Charles, Charles Spurgeon, a great preacher, preaches a sermon in the old days where he says, maybe that is the way God's going to do it. He's going to take all those little tiny human beings and God is going to have elected them and he's going to say, my house will be full through all these precious human beings who I made, 
Maybe. You might not agree with me, but I, I can imagine a generous God doing that. Or maybe it could be through Jewish people coming to Christ at last. And if you know Romans 11, some of us are reading Bible in a year and we've read Romans 11 recently and that talks about a great in-gathering. So I can imagine it being a great, a great Jewish turning towards the Messiah before the end of time. Maybe. Maybe one of those ways. Maybe another way. Do you, do you get the idea? But God is going to do this. He's going to fill his house with people. So God is generous. That's the thing we learn about him. Um, what about you? Well, please learn from this story how important it is not to miss out on the banquet. There are some lame excuses people give in this story and it's, it's perfectly possible to come up with a, a lame excuse today. When Jesus was talking <clears throat> uh, in Luke chapter 14, we know he was talking to the Pharisees and they were like the super religious Jewish people of the day. They were the first in the queue for the kingdom of God. So if you were a Pharisee, you were like, you were those people on the top five guest list, as it were. And yet, time and again, they said no to Christ. <coughs> Repent before it's too late, Jesus says. No. Take up your cross and follow me, Jesus says. No, that sounds a bit hard. Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, Jesus says. No, we're a bit busy doing religious stuff at the moment. How about today? Well... Look, some people say things like, I have a new job and it's very busy. Please would you excuse me, Jesus? Jesus understands that you need a job. I mean, you, you need an income from somewhere and London is a busy place to live and work. But no paid job demands your attention 24-7. There should always be time for some church involvement and some prayer. So don't get to the end of time and stand before Jesus and say, I was a bit busy at work. Because that's a lame excuse. Some people today say, um, I'm doing up my house and I must make it perfect. Please excuse me, Jesus. Jesus knows that you need a place to live and, and it needs to be warm and, and it's not wrong to make it comfortable. But don't get to the end of time and stand before Jesus Christ and say, hey, Jesus, I would have engaged more with the gospel and with the kingdom of God, but um, look at my wallpaper and my cushions, they all match because that's a lame excuse. And then other people today might say, I'm in a relationship with somebody, so I can't take my relationship with God more seriously. Jesus knows that you need loving relationships in your life, and they're important, and they're created by God. But if your girlfriend or your boyfriend isn't interested in Jesus' invitation, then I would, I would question their positive influence on you. And if your spouse isn't interested in Jesus' invitation, then you're still responsible for your own life and for your own interaction with Christ. That's a lame excuse in the end. Maybe you have some other excuse for not making a decision about Jesus, but as someone here said to me recently, I realized I just had to commit. I just had to stop making excuses and come to Christ. So come to Christ today. Stop making excuses if that's you and you've been putting it off. So that's you. Don't miss out on the banquet. And then final thing before we finish, others. What does it mean for other people? Well, it means this. This is great, right? It means you can invite anybody to the banquet. Did you get the hang of that? Because Hugo went off and he, I just told him, just go and invite anybody you see. 
It doesn't matter if you think they don't normally come to church. In fact, that might make them more likely to jump at the invitation. Do you see the way that ends up working around? It's not like you're going to evangelize this person and, and bring them to the feast and then Jesus is going to say, why do you bring that person? They're a bit stinky. They're a bit grumpy. They're not really my type. On the contrary, he's going to say, this is exactly the kind of person I had in mind. So you can invite anyone you meet to find out about Jesus, any nationality, any skin color, any religious, sexual, cultural background. They may well flock to the banquet in a most unexpected and glorious way. This, by the way, is an evangelist's dream. I can't, I've sort of been excited to get back to London to just try and put this into practice because Jesus is just giving us carte blanche. Just, just go and invite some people. My house will be full. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for what we learn chiefly about you today. We see the generosity of God here. We see the banquet table laid. We can almost taste the food and the drink. And Father, we praise you. Certainly pray for ourselves that you would help us to stop making excuses. Pray for anyone here who just needs to come to Christ today. And we pray for ourselves as we get to go and issue invitations as good servants. And we pray that you would help us do that and seek out the people in the alleyways and the country lanes for the kingdom of God. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.